When the Boundary Waters closed a couple weeks ago, it was nearly full to capacity with visitors. Which begs the question, how exactly do you close a place that's over a million acres in size? I'm Kathy Quinn, and I'm the Recreation and Wilderness Specialist for the Gunflint District of the Superior National Forest. I coordinated the closure of the eastern half of the Boundary Waters. That's what I've been doing for the last few weeks. You hear that hint of laughter in Kathy Quinn's voice? It's almost hard to fathom the closure. The Boundary Waters is not just big, it's remote. There's no cell service, so it's not like you can just call people and deliver the message. What's more, there's over 2,000 designated campsites spread out over 1,200 miles of canoe routes. Kathy's been coordinating the team of wilderness rangers who did the hard on-the-ground work of getting people out. There's not really, like, a door you can shut and say, like, yep, we're closed. (laughs) That's Megan McClanahan. She's one of several dozen rangers that swept through the wilderness to notify paddlers. When entry points first began closing earlier this summer, Megan was on duty. So I actually went on my first um, fire detail in um, the Quishby district like a month ago when the first closure started. And the smoke was like heavy. The fire, like we were paddling like right by where all the fires were. Um, and there was a bunch of fire crews that were stationed on the border there kind of watching and making sure that the fire didn't jump. It's been intense out there for the wilderness rangers. And whenever they call you for stuff like that, it's like anywhere from three to 14 days, (laughs) maybe more. And so, you know, you just like pile as much stuff as you can into a bag and try to get like everything situated for what you think you might need. Um, Also keeping in mind that you have to like carry everything really long distances. It's like, we're also camping. We're, We're unsupported basically, so we just go in with what we need and don't count that anything's going to be brought to us. This year's drought has made traversing the Boundary Waters especially difficult. Kathy Quinn. I mean, I've been working here for 25 years or more, and the better part of that in in the Boundary Waters specifically, and I've never seen conditions like this before. Um, That was one of the things that made, I think, uh, it difficult for our crews to get people out and for the public to get out of the wilderness or just travel in general is there's no water in a lot of these creeks and rivers and you're hiking and portaging a lot further than you anticipated. So that was an added layer, which has only affirmed the need to maybe move people out because if, if there was a situation where we needed people to get out fast, it's pretty hard to move very fast right now on some of these routes. Angie Miller lives in Duluth. She was out on the trip in the Boundary Waters when it closed. She knows firsthand what Kathy Quinn is talking about. Normally, when you're coming up to a portage, you just get out and you're on the portage, but there was like 30 feet of mud before a portage once because the lake was so low and that's usually covered with water, and it was mud over my knees. I mean, I stepped into mud almost up to my hip (laughs) trying to pull the canoe over to get to the portage. Angie and her travel companions learned about the closure directly from wilderness rangers. We were paddling around on Saturday when it was quite windy. And in fact, it was so windy that we were in a cove kind of hanging onto some 
tall grasses on the sh- you know along the shore while sitting in our canoes, kind of wondering how are we going to get out of here. <laughs> to tell you the truth, because it was pretty tricky. So we were just sitting there trying to come up with a plan, a strategy to get back to our campsite. And these two female rangers paddled by and came over to us and said, we are closing the Boundary Waters and you need to make plans to to leave. And we asked them if they would not escort us, I would say, but watch us as we try to get back to our campsite because it was quite wavy. And they did. So they followed us and they told us like the way that we should navigate the lake. And then they followed us, which was really appreciated because I know we could do it, but it was just nice having the confidence of there's someone like watching us and looking out for us. Chad Lefevre worked for years as a wilderness ranger. He has a different job these days within the Forest Service as the lead recreation technician in Tofty. But when big things like an all-out closure happen, it's all hands on deck. It just takes a long time. to. It's a lot of area to sweep, and it takes a long time. It uh, seems like usually on the days that um, we have fires that make runs, they're really windy, which makes the paddling difficult. Um, you might have some visitors that are less experienced and they can't cover as much ground as quickly. So that's why we kind of put those closure in, closures in early um, because it it takes a long time to find everyone and then even more time for them to like paddle out. The work rangers do is both physically and mentally demanding. Megan McClanahan. We, I remember we were when we were in Ely, it took us like, you know, 15 or so hours to get to this spot on Crooked Lake. And that was like almost 100 degree days, pulling through like dried up creeks. And we had 14 days worth of food. So we were just like, you know, swinging these heavy, heavy packs around and just like you couldn't keep up with water. And we finally got to Crooked Lake the next day. And a, uh, a float plane was starting, like like one of the fire float planes was starting to land. We, we call them beavers. And it rolled up to our site. And we were all kind of joking around later. And they were like, so how long did it take you guys to get here? We were like 15 hours. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it only took us 20 minutes. <laughs> When Kathy Quinn thinks about her crew, the most important thing is their safety. It is the number one thing I think about. And we kind of joked the other day because I was at work and I, I have spent the majority of my time coordinating this effort from my cubicle and my crews are coming and going and we're talking on the radio and through our satellite communicators, but I'm, I'm in the office. Like this is, that's like this, that was like our command central and and it what we had to laugh because I went to point at a map on the wall the other day and it was under plexiglass and I cut myself. And so the next day I said to the crew at a band-aid on my finger, I'm like, let's let this dumb cut that I got working in the office be the only thing that we can say happened to any of us during this endeavor. And and that indeed was the case. It's not to say they're not physically exhausted, um, and mentally too, but 
the safety of our crews, and this is what we would talk about every day, is if something happens to you, then we can't help the public. Remaining calm, cool, and collected, despite the pressure and the conditions, is a big part of the job for wilderness rangers. Paddler, Angie Miller. I never felt in any danger at all, of course, and that's what another thing the ranger made clear when we were being told to make plans to leave, is there is no imminent danger to anyone. I mean, they have they had people leave and closed it way before that, which was a good idea, right? It's no fun telling people they have to go. For many, vacation time is precious, and a lot of planning goes into these trips. Megan McClanahan. As someone who has to, like, deliver bad news, I just really appreciate the, like, kindness and respect that people have been giving to, you know, a tough situation. It's like we want to all protect the Boundary Waters. We all care about it. And a lot of us have to sacrifice things now because of it. You know, I sacrifice sleep in my body (laughs) sometimes. And, um, you know, I appreciate that other people can sacrifice a trip this year or, you know, wait until it's safer to do so. Chad Lefever. No, I just thank everybody for being understanding. And um, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of uh, people that were real upset or anything. Most people are a little bit bombed out, but um, they know we're just out there trying to keep everybody safe. Megan says there's a real sense of community amongst the rangers. And the fire has brought back people who like, like Chad or um, other folks who have different positions within the forest service right now. Um, But they used to work in wilderness and now they're like on these crews of public safety. And it's, it's like this instant, like easy communication. And then Quinn is our, is our leader and she just like gets it. So I got to give props for sure to um, Kathy Quinn um, and all these rangers or former rangers that, you know, step have stepped up. In turn, Kathy Quinn has a lot of pride in her team. Well, I just, I can't say how I'm, I get kind of chills when I think about how proud I am of our crew and how professional and just amazing they are. The wilderness rangers are, um, they're one of a kind. I just, and I have a real soft spot for them. Um, but they're, they're the people that are out front of all these, when we get a fire, like they're the first ones out there and they just, um, they completely lived up to the, to their reputation. And I just, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so amazed by them and, and pleased with how efficient and professional and safely they they were able to pull this whole thing off because it was a it was a pretty big deal <laughs> um so i think of all of it i mean there was that that's what that's what i want to like think about when i think about this in the years ahead i think that's the general like feeling i'll have about this whole experience and Yes, there were crazy nights where I was there at 10 o'clock trying to figure out, you know, what, how we were going to do the next step. But really, it's going away with, wow, we just did that. And I feel pretty good about 
um, how quickly we got people moved out of the way. Working together, wilderness rangers were able to execute the full closure order in a matter of days. That's a big feat when you consider that end-to-end, the Boundary Waters is some 150 miles of rugged terrain. And all that during the peak of its summer visitation. For WTIP, I'm Barbara Jean Myers.